Another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. And yes, it's the Melon Gen Show coming at you from Johannesburg and on team in the south of France. I'm Melanie Walker. And on the other side of the line, we have Jenny Baxter, the main creator and the person who keeps it all together for SAPeople.com. And she's looking nice and sunshiny in the south of France. How are things on your side of the world, Jen? Hi, Mel. Um, things are lovely. It's sunny, sunny. I've been swimming a lot in the sea every day. And we are now allowed to go to bed. At, or not to go to bed. <laughs> allowed to go home. <laughs> allowed to go home at 11 p.m. But, but yesterday I listened to your family meeting. And it appears like South Africa has to go home a little earlier now. Nine o'clock. The restaurants have to close. I think in what, what, 10 o'clock we have? I don't know. Yes. You know me. I don't, I don't bother with the family meetings. The only family meetings I have are with my family because those people, I'm afraid, are not my family, okay? They don't care about the rest of us. They have their own little family and they can do their own thing. So everybody's saying, well, what lockdown level are we on? I'm like, 11 to 11. Level 11 to 11. That works for me. Um, honestly, the, I mean, the only thing that it really changes is that you have to remember to go and buy booze on a Thursday because they're closing down over the weekends again. Yes. So, so when he said, he said it's Monday to Thursday and it's in business hours that you can mm. buy alcohol, but he said excluding public holidays. Does that mean on public holidays that are Monday to Thursday, they closed all day? Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought it meant if there was a public holiday on a Friday, then you were allowed to buy alcohol. No, well, it's a public holiday today here in Johannesburg, being, um, well, in South Africa, being Youth Day, which means that um, I'm going to have to go and find somebody who might have some whiskey for me later. (laughs) 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 Because I wasn't, as usual, I was completely unprepared for any of this that we might not be able to, like, even buy a bottle of wine. So there it goes. But it's Youth Day, and it was, I've got a friend. Kelly McGillifrey, who's very, very motivational. She runs events. Um, she's got this team called The Squad. And I, I love le- reading her stories. And she sent out an email to all of us re- just reminding us that as it is Youth Day, that we should really be giving a thought to what they're calling them Zoomers now, okay? Because as It's a play on the word boomers, which, well, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're not a boomer, are you? I'm a boomer. No, are you uh, are you Gen X? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yeah, know. I don't right. know what the age parameters are. I think I'm Gen X in my head, but Boomer. Apparently, my kids keep on going Boomer. So Gen Z, which are um, my kids' generation, they are now referring to them as Zoomers because they should be out and about and and socialising and having all the fun that we used to have when we were teenagers. But of course, they can't. So they're spending a lot of time like on social media and catching up on videos and Zoom. So that's why the play comes in. So they're just saying, just remember, these kids are not being able to do what we were able to do. And I know it's very frustrating, especially for us older parents, having to deal with having kids at home on public holidays or when schools are kind of going into lockdown as well, which I was doing just for a couple of days, just for everybody to get a reset, that their lives, this is what their lives are. And somebody was saying about these little kids who walk in and they're so good and they've got their masks on and the doctor says, okay, take your mask off and they take it off and they put it back on. That's all they know, some of them, the little ones. So spare a thought for the kids. It's not just about the things that they went through in the past. It's what they're going through now. And talking about kids, have we got any clarity on these apparent 10 babies that were born that we discussed last week? No, I, th- I, th- I think they're still missing. The, the hospital where they were supposedly born says they weren't born there. It's all a little confusing. It's, it's all really interesting that this even 
happened, this whole story and 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 the and the I don't know if you saw last night the lady did a video interview where she said she's now distancing herself from the father of the children's uh, family and says mm. they never liked her anyway. And They're the ones that put out the press release, yeah? Yes, yes. And remember, we thought maybe it was Photoshop, but it was a real press release. And it had clearly been written by a journalist because it ended with the, with the word end, which yes. you know only the media would know to do that. Somebody sitting at home wouldn't. So, so you know, I think a lot of uh, media houses are getting involved in just trying to find out what the truth is here. I'm sorry, if you have 10 children at once, the, the likelihood is, is that those kids are in a hospital somewhere. There's no ways that they've been born so early that they wouldn't be going into NICU. Yeah. Especially there are that many. So, yeah. I mean, I would think that, you know, if I kind of had 10 children, I mean, I only had two at once and I would made the newspapers, for goodness sake. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're having yeah. 10 at once, which is the first time in the world, you would think that everybody would be all over it. So, well, somebody I don't know. Said, There's something Well, somebody fishy. said, isn't this wonderful patient confidentiality and whoever does have these 10 babies is being really good at patient confidentiality. And then someone else said, uh, look at the photo of her when she supposedly had these 10 children in her tummy and she's wearing closed shoes. And that is something that I remember as a as a pregnant mother of twins that I definitely oh, slip slops. Yeah, exactly. It was slip slops all the way or thongs in Australia as they called there. And um yeah, so that's a bit of a giveaway. She really was wearing clothes shoes. But then it is winter and cold, so well, there was also that, that one picture where she had her hand on something and the hand was like about five times as big as her other hand or something. Oh. <laughs> so it looked like it might have been Photoshop. But you know what? We don't know. And it's one of these things that no. we can't say yay or nay to it until the actual events come to light. No, but, but in I the meantime, do love, I do love that South Africa does have interesting stories. Do you know what I mean? We, do, we don't have that story here in France of... You know, it's like it's like the diamond rush that's happening right now. Near to Lady oh, tell Smith. me about this. I've, I have noticed it, but what was it in Ladysmith? Which Ladysmith? The one with a Y or the one with an I? The one with a Y in KwaZulu-Natal. In KwaZulu-Natal, yeah. Yeah, and it's near, they're near a village there and a man, you know, found the stones and other people have found them. And, you know, they, they may be crystals. They definitely are something, you know. I think all They're stones, diamonds, Jen. Even yeah. diamonds are stones. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, and all diamonds actually start off as crystals too, actually. And then just as they get embedded and da-da-da-da-da, there's a whole process they go through. But but these could be not not as valuable, but, but something mm. worthy, you know. And there's over a thousand people there. On a diamond okay. brush. <laughs> well, I, I feel I feel lucky for them. I'm happy for them if they're, they're that lucky. It just reminds me of all of those wonderful, you know, uh, the billboards that they'd have on the side of the road for, I'm uh, not for the sweat, and what was it for, um, for the one um, Sunday paper with like, Sotsi stole my dog and turned it into a werewolf, you know, remember that? Or the, no. <laughs> the wonderful, <laughs> wonderful newspaper. I must find them and send them through to you. Like, you know, that they're having the radium beer hall where, like, the situation is fraught with danger. <laughs> so one, I, I always love seeing clever or really bizarre um, newspaper headlines. And yeah. um, one of the things that, you know, you sit and see them sometimes and think, oh, I'm going to go and steal that because that's really funny. <laughs> anyway, what else have we got that's just good but you news know, for? You know, you know, that's what social media has spoiled for us. Because, you know, like the Sun newspaper in England was 
very famous for its very funny headlines mm. and everything. Mm. And now because of, not, sorry, it's not social media, it's the internet. Because everything's digital now, you have to think of search engine optimization. So when you make headlines today, you have to make sure you're using words that people are searching for. So you can't be as clever online as we used to be able to be in print. You know, there's, so, so that's one good thing why newspapers and print should continue because there's a lot more creativity yeah. with them. Than, the puffy um, comments yeah. when people are taking the puff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, use your words, people. Use your words. All right. So what news have we got for expats at the moment? Well, that they'll soon be able to watch the South African club rugby in Europe, it'll be because South Africa has been invited to join the United Rugby Championship. And that's quite exciting. Some people seem to be against it and think that it might ruin rugby. But for, for this, you know, SA Rugby, the CEO there said it's a watershed moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we always do have to move forward. And we don't, most of us don't like moving forward. But once we're there, it's fun. And, yeah. um, and you know, this is going to be rugby played in exotic locations. It's going to be exposing people to lots of different cultures. And, you know, that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for it to be more than just rugby. Plus, it And it's will a, be great, a great thing for our, our South African players as well to exactly. get some more game time in. Yeah, mm. yeah. So this is going to be fun. And, and we're all going to be able to watch the South Africans over here more often instead of just waiting for the couple of expats. You know, I've gone to Toulon quite often just to watch um, the South Africans that are living here playing rugby, the Springboks that come over to play yeah. rugby. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, how nice to be able to do such things like that. Right. What else have we got? Well, <laughs> you have a right on your doorstep. Oh, well, yes, of course, but we're, we're lucky because we live in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Akani Sambina, he, he won. He wasn't expecting to win. He was expecting to do well. Um, mm-hmm. And he won the 100 meters at the Diamond League in Italy, the athletics meet there. So this is all part of his getting ready for the Olympics next month. So mm-hmm. I think they were pretty chuffed with that outcome and there were some top runners in it obviously everybody's holding back a little to keep their best for the olympics but mm, it mm. was it was still fantastic and then did you see that your favorite man the kiffness has now released a duo with the one pound fish man it just gets better and better every week doesn't it the <laughs> one pound fish man i'm sorry that was one of those things that i'd throw back I know, I know. In fact, I looked at the One Pound Fishman's original video, and it was Mm. it was actually not so not so bad. But I think Warner's did it, so that's why it was so professional. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what news have you got from expats? Um, apart from the fact I see that, uh, and we were discussing it here at the podcast studio this morning, that Prue Leith is uh, becoming a dame, which is great because she came and did an interview here not so long ago when, um, with, uh, I can't remember what it was all about, but she came and she's an absolutely divine woman. Oh, isn't that just so lovely? And she's, I think she's getting it because she was advocating really good food habits at schools mm. in England or somewhere in England. Oh, oh, I know. Is it at hospitals? Okay. Um, where is she living? She's, she's mainly in England, but she… <laughs> Not in the south of France. <laughs> no. No. She's in England, but she does go to South Africa. And mm. I know she meant to be there last year for her birthday, but then lockdown happened. So I'm not sure if she managed to get out there. But um, she still has very close links. You know, she has a cooking school in South Africa. 
And she did a wonderful interview, which we've got on the website, about growing up in South Africa mm. and how she had nothing. You know, she's so popular now for her food and everything. And yet she said when she grew up in SA, the Zulu lady kindly cooked and, um, mm. and she didn't have much to do with food until and she didn't even know she was interested in it until she came to Paris and she fell in love with food in France, as many of us do. Well, talking about that, I need to. I wonder if she can make putu or pap because I can't, and my children hate the fact that I cannot make pap. I must be about the only <clears throat> South African woman who can't. I have to learn. Can you make pap, Jenny? You know, I can't really cook an egg. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but Brand South Africa gave me the most beautiful book, which is sitting in my kitchen looking at me, and it's got a pup recipe in there. So maybe I'll try that this week and I'll send it to you. I won't send See you the you food, make, I'll send you the recipe. You can send me the recipe if it works. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, South Africans do some wonderful things overseas. I mean, and, and a lot of it in England, obviously. Um, and, and there was another one that you've got, a, a brooch that was designed by South African for the Queen? Yeah, except he didn't he didn't um, design it for the Queen. But, you know, this weekend, uh, this last weekend was the G7 and uh, Joe Biden was over and then he went for breakfast with the Queen. And, uh, you know, the papers, they, they splashed more photos of her than I've ever seen because she just looked so lovely with this fresh kind of spring dress and, mm. and this beautiful brooch. And she's worn the brooch several times before and it was designed by the South African and Kevin Friedman and oh, it was so sweet because I said to him I said don't you just love that it clearly means that your brooch is bringing her joy and he said you know with every single one of his clients he just loves that he loves that he knows he's bringing joy you know oh that's lovely it's so lovely and he um when he designed it it was a commission from Botswana they were having the Commonwealth leaders um in 2007 I think and he was asked to design it for Botswana so it's got Botswana diamonds in and um, he had no idea who it was for until I think 10 years later he saw a photo in a Marie Claire magazine a British Marie Claire magazine and he saw his brooch on the Queen so oh that's so cool yeah yeah how beautiful so the G7 is, is this the one where, where Boris got pooped on by a seagull Oh, I missed that. I was so busy looking at, the, at President Ramaphosa. I loved all the photos. It was, it was, you know, it was just so, so divine for England to be promoted almost as this beach vacation, you know. It was so out of the ordinary. And, well, the and only sandy beach I know in England, of course, is down Sandbanks, which is a nudist beach in Bournemouth. So oh, <laughs> all nice. the other ones have got those big pebbles and cobbles on them. You know, not not the most comfortable beaches in the world. <laughs> no, but they are cleaner apparently. Okay. When they're pebbly, I don't know if that's true. It's just what people say. Um, yeah, try lying on it and having a suntan. Yeah, no, not much fun. No, um, but the, the beach, yeah, all the leaders on the beach wandering around. Yeah. Um, no, and so he got pooped on, but that's good luck, isn't it? Apparently so, except the one time it happened to me when I was in, in Amsterdam, I went and lost 100 guilder straight afterwards. So maybe not so lucky. <laughs> I, I had it in Spain once. It's funny that it doesn't happen to us in South Africa. Um, but yeah, I had it in Spain and I was talking to policemen and it, it actually pooped on him. <laughs> and 
neither of us could speak each other's language. I just didn't know what to say. I wanted to say good luck, you know, so it's like a thumbs up. But, it's good luck for you, yeah. yeah oh, we could, we should it. film all of these things. It would be so nice if we could put them up and you know, all these people, but it's it's one of those kind of random we things. We could give it to um, the Kiffness. He could do something good with it. I'm sure he could. <laughs> so watching all of them, I, I've never watched Gogglebox because for me, the idea of watching people watching television just didn't really appeal to me. And I had some <laughs> friends here, Gigi, who was part of the South African Gogglebox. And I used to sit there and say, why? Why are you doing this? She says, well, why not? She says, we watch TV. And I'm like, well, I don't watch terrestrial television. I watch stuff that's actually good. But one thing that people have been watching overseas and obviously doing so well with Oscars and everything, my, my Octopus Teacher. Have you been watching the people on Gogglebox watching no, the Octopus I, Teacher? I only watched that. I only watched that particular episode because people mm. sent it to us because it was so funny. And it, it was – and and. I mean, I also don't watch people watching, but I am envious of them that they are—they get to feel that they're doing something worthwhile because they're clearly being paid to do it. So, you know, how nice to watch TV knowing that it's useful. Do you know what I mean? And not feel mm -hmm. like you're just vegging on the sofa and should be doing something else. So, Well, I wouldn't mind so if I, somebody paid me to watch TV. Yeah, I, I kind of... Yeah, that's a good way to go. I kind of envy them. But this one was really funny. And I think everybody relates because when you watch these people watching, you know that you went through those same emotions. Hmm. You know, so like when they started off watching... They, they're just thinking this is creepy. And then by the end... <laughs> <laughs> this man should leave this octopus alone. <laughs> what is wrong with him? This is not interspecies love affair. <laughs> oh, no. And then, and then by the end, they are, you know, crying. Hmm. I won't do the spoiler alert. Although I think no. they do the spoiler alert at the beginning of the, of, of the movie anyway. Do they? Okay. Um, okay, so I see that you got here, and I was trying to work out why. Why has Algoa Bay become a prestigious World Heritage Site? I would have thought that the, you know, Cape Agulhas, being the most southern point of Africa, would have maybe taken one of those awards. But why has it become a heritage site in Algoa Bay? Because of all the whales that do gather there. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, you don't hear that off. And, you know, and you've got the charters there like raggy charters that take people out to see the whales there. So, you know, the bluff is already one. The bluff mm -hmm. in Durban is yeah. already a, a World Heritage Site. And, um, and Harvey Bay in Australia, where I've been, which is just amazing. And now Algoa Bay, I don't know why they didn't choose a gallus, I'm sorry, but I do know that of the stories that we publish, it's always whales in Algoa Bay. But there's more whales in Walker Bay. Oh, <laughs> and there is that. a Walker Bay in Hermanus because we oh, went and we did true. that on Treasure Hunt. Um, it was, um, I think, the very last treasure we actually found. It wasn't the last one that went out, but it was Melanie Walker Watches Whale from the Windsor Hotel on Walker Bay. And that's where we were watching whales. And I saw more whales there than I did anywhere else. Because, you know, of course, in Hermanus, they've got the whale crier who has a specific sounds he makes on his trumpets to tell you where the whales when are the... at which spot. Yeah, And I know that it's lovely there because... You can see them from the land. You don't even have to get on a yes. boat to see them. I went. I dived. I think it was one of my first diving experiences that I went diving in Algoa Bay for Treasure Hunt as well. I had to dive down and find something somewhere in the bay. Oh, I don't that was a long time ago. Anyway, I can't remember. It's, it, says, <laughs> it says in the press release about this, which only came out today, that to qualify mm. for this global accreditation, destinations like Algoa Bay must meet set criteria, which recognizes their commitment to conservation of whales 
so it's that they've got environmental, social, and economic sustainability, research, education, and I, they do a lot of research there. And they respect the human whale thing. I mean, Algoa Bay has also has about 800 individual dolphins there, 30,000 resident bottlenose dolphins. So it's a it's a pretty cool it's place a, it's a for people. Marine hotspot. Yeah, okay. and and I hope that this will um, encourage even more tourism to South Africa. Well, let's hope yeah. so. Okay, so what other what other bits and pieces have we missed out on? Oh well, there was the terribly tragic story with a happy ending. I don't know if you saw this week about three canine dogs that yeah. were involved in a in a police shootout, and you know two of the dogs. We've got the full story on the site, so I won't go into it. But two of the dogs sadly did pass away on the scene but one of the dogs duke he got helicoptered to the hilton hospital vet um mm. you know near durban and or near peter maritzburg and um and it was just beautiful you know there's a video where you just see the policeman he's the helicoptered in and the policeman is holding duke and just running as fast as he can to get to the vet Mm. Um, it's really heartwarming. And, um, and the vet, we spoke to the vet yesterday and Duke had had his, all his treatment and everything and he'd had a good night and he's up, there's photos of him in the garden and Duke is making it. Duke is going to be fine and that's beautiful. I had a scrapbook when I was nine years old, <clears throat> which was dedicated just to police dogs that had died. In the, in the course of duty um, oh. because I used to find the stories in Remember Scope magazine and yes. in Personality magazine, yes. the old Personality magazine and I used to cut them out because these dogs really were kind of like, you know, yeah. the thing that I, I loved the most at the time oh. yeah, little girls <laughs> shame now, talking, carry on with animals, of course. Um, we, we talked about Penguin Town. Gen, uh, has, it, has it actually come onto the screen yet? I don't know. Because today! <laughs> is it coming today? Okay, today, so today. Uh, it was interesting that just after we chatted about it, a woman who was my best friend at school, at Greenside High School, um, which spawned such wonderful people like Claire Johnson and James Small and Cindy Alter. And, and you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she got hold of me and said, oh, listen, who do you think would like to talk to my daughters about this thing that they've made called, uh, made called Penguin Town? So they were actually the people who put it together. And, of course, the Kifnis has written music for it as well, um, which is wonderful. So I did watch the trailer. I'm definitely going to watch it. It, it sounds very funny in I, parts of it. I just love how they've done it. I, I, I can't wait for everyone to watch. So from today, get going. Going. You can even yeah. binge watch it, or, yes. or or let the let the treat go for a little longer. I think I'll get my children to watch that thing as a youth day. They should have something which is fun to watch. And then, of course, um, I'm sorry, you're going to have to explain this because I'm now looking at my hands, oh. and you've got this word here: baboons belong on your palms. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this story will be out this week in the SA People. Basically, a few, you, you know, there have been some tragic things happening. It's been on carte blanche before mm. with baboons in the Western Cape and, you know, trying to, the, the human-animal conflict and everything. And mm. so, so now a few of the baboon organizations have got together. They don't want to be named by one. It's, this is about the baboons, not about the organizations. And mm. they want a serious sit-down 
with the officials on the management of baboons on going forward this has to be resolved because just last month another baboon Philemon was killed um, mm. and it's just too much now uh, it's not working what they're doing now is not working and so what they want everybody around the world and people have already started doing it and now we're going to be asking please Melanie do it is right on the palms of your hand baboons on one hand um, belong on the other hand and send it to us or to um, you can you can just do a search on Facebook for baboons belong and mm -hmm. send it to them and um, and that's their campaign to raise awareness for this so send a photo from all around the world baboons belong on the palms of your hand okay written, I'll get that written done. on the palms of your hand they do we not belong it. living on your palms of your hand no, that's exactly what I was saying. There aren't any baboons that are small enough to do that. Anyway, I'll get my kids on it and we'll do some pictures today and we'll put them up for you. Oh, fantastic. Right. Thank you. No, I can see you, you, you're straining at the leash here, <laughs> waiting to get back to the beach again. <laughs> so go out and have, have a lovely time on the beach for us. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're not, still not getting down to KZN, which is a sad thing because usually around this time we'd get a break from the cold Johannesburg weather, at least um, be the Varleys down on the beach again, but that's going to have to wait for a while. But I don't see any travel restrictions he didn't mm, mention some of, got, <laughs> some of us have to work and try and make some work because we lost all our work last year during the lockdown so we'll just have to wait and be patient True. and children have school as well so that's also another problem okay <laughs> we forget about these things See, that's where lockdown was nice and you could have online teaching because then you could go anywhere but then travel was restricted, so you couldn't. Sorry. No, then children were at home all day, every day. That's not much fun either. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I actually adore my kids. Anyhow, all right. Well, have I'm a glad fantastic to week. That, <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch up with you again next week, Jenny. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melanie. Bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.